and this is the waiting room, a quantum leap podcast. Oh, f- <laughs> sake. Do it again. I hit the button oh. way too soon there. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode two of the Quantum Leap podcast, or sorry, the waiting room, the Quantum Leap podcast. I get it right one day. <laughs> it's only episode two. It's only episode two, sorry. So I think we're allowed to, like the pilot, we're allowed to make a few mistakes and uh, maybe not quite find our feet yet with the podcast. <laughs> Swiss cheese, mate. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, mate. That's it. We've got a few issues to iron out as we're jumping around free time with our good friend, Sam. How are you doing, Ben? All right? I'm doing all right, man. I'm excited about this show. Um, a few weeks ago, you were talking about this on your uh, other show that you do on uh, here on Radio Techers. Um, uh, was it Chain Wrestling? Sorry, I should know what that is. That's really bad. <laughs> do you want to start again, mate? Are you okay? No, <laughs> I, I, the water bottle I've got in front of me, I don't think is water. I think I'm already past it already. So let's uh, <laughs> bounce around in time and put this right, shall we? No, it's good, mate. I'm fine. I'm yeah, fine, thank right. you. We had, a little, uh, we had a little chat about it on uh, Chain Wrestling, old Magsy and I. Um, I'm really excited about it, but I mean, first things first, um, to anyone out there listening who maybe doesn't quite grasp what uh, my good mate Benny and I are going to be doing here, um, we're, we're basically going to go and look back on one of my favourite TV shows and one of Benny's favourite TV shows from Absolutely. way back in the day, uh, Quantum Leap, a time travel, drama, fantasy kind of effort um, that started in, what was it, 18, 1989, Ben, wasn't it? 1989, yeah, the uh, first... Um like episode came out in 1989 they did like a uh, see now on the dvd when you watch it it's literally one episode but like it was actually aired on the same day as like two parts um in the in the states so you know genesis part one and part two um but uh yeah 1989 it started um good old sam leaps back to uh, 1956 in the first episode so yeah um i didn't discover the show i think we discussed this in the first episode but I didn't really discover the show. Probably, I think it may, it might have been in its last season, based on my age. <laughs> by the time I discovered it, but um, is a is a is a great show, a cult classic. I think you said on uh, Chain Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. It's amazing how many people you mentioned Quantum Leap Two that you've never had a conversation with the show about before, and you mentioned it to them, and they're like, "Oh, I remember that. It was great." Or, yeah, oh, yeah. Everyone's got a lovely story to tell you know, from watching this show back when they were younger or watching it with their kids and reruns and so on. Um, Very quick premise of the show for anyone who's unfamiliar with it. Um, Dr. Sam Beckett in the very near future, I guess, is working on a project called Project Quantum Leap. And and the theory is he's trying to perfect time travel using, um, well, it's, it's kind of, his string theory of time travel isn't it it is yeah that whole of the whole ethos involving a piece of string isn't it well yeah so imagine a so i mean anybody that's watched the show is going to know this but um anybody that hasn't and i we obviously we're going to recommend it but we are going to go through leap from one leap at a time we are going to go through this show but um yeah the, the premise is basically a piece so imagine a piece of string one end is when you're born the other end is when you die you tie that in a loop you tie that in a knot sorry and now you've got a loop so your life is a loop um but then you ball up the piece of string and your days touch 
your days of your life touch but out of sequence so you basically you could go forward or backwards depending on what day is next on, on the list i suppose to a degree so you know you could live for 30 years and then you know or 50 years or 60 years and you could be instead of experiencing time uh, in linear which is how we live time which is getting very nerdy already we've only barely five minutes in um but um yeah, basically, you experience about a sequence. So you might start in. So in this case, obviously, Sam's in 1956. The next episode, he might be in 1970. The next episode, he might be in 1957. So you you would literally live out the days of your life, but just not in linear time. Yeah, that, that's I haven't thought. hurt your head, have I? <laughs> that was quite. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of premise of of Quant- Project Quantum Leap that they're working on. But they're um, in the in the in the storyline of the show. Um, the project is looking like it's having its funding being withdrawn. Yeah. So Sam decides, even though the, even though it's not ready, he decides to step into the Quantum Leap Accelerator, as it is called, yes. at the opening of the show, and basically use the machine to time travel the issue being obviously it's not ready so where he arrives is a little bit of a question mark how to get him home doesn't work they have a uh, a program that should bring him back which doesn't work uh, and as the show goes on you find that sam is the main the main character sam is leaping into the bodies of people in the past um and something some mystery power is making him jump from role to role um, but he has to, and again, this is the tagline for the show, put right what once went wrong. Yeah. So in this particular episode, something horrific is to happen to a young lady, but we'll get to the, get to that at some stage yes, yeah. uh, as we talk about the episode. Uh, Sam is literally there, his whole purpose is there, to prevent this horrible thing from happening in the past. When he completes that, um, this mystery force forces Sam to leap again where he's going nobody really knows and he arrives elsewhere and has to fix another task or another issue in the past um and he has al who is a hologram from the future um sent back to communicate with sam and say you know the the master computer ziggy thinks that you have to complete this particular task to leap out of here and they're always trying to bring him home but can't quite do it and don't really know what's making him jump and so on. I think I've covered everything there, Benny. Is there anything yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, it sounds more complicated. For a sci-fi show, it's actually ve- very simple. We've probably made yeah. it sound a bit more complicated than it actually is to a degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Al uh, helps him out. Al's got the life experience. Uh, the problem, something you didn't mention there was that obviously Sam, um, when he does leap back for the first time, when he wakes up, he's like, oh, we did it did what and he can't remember quite he knows his name's sam and he's not this person that he's leapt into but he can't quite remember what's going on where he's from so as they say in the show his brain's a bit swiss cheese he's got holes in his uh, memory um you know as we were talked about the episode anyway but every now and again little things pop back into him so the tension of sam trying to get home you see it every now and again but because he gets swiss cheesed uh, after every leap it doesn't build probably as much as you would think in terms of the frustration. It is there, and it does manifest itself on a few occasions. But, yeah, because he leaps every time, I think the idea is that his brain is kind of somewhat Swiss cheese flipped over again. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. As you said, Al appears to him uh, via the imaging chamber. Their brain chemistry or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, is tuned to each other. So to Al, so we see we, we see it from Sam's, Sam's perspective 
Al's a hologram to him, so you know you can walk through Al like a ghost and everything. Al can walk through um, uh, anything and everything in the show. But if you were to be on Al's side of it, obviously everything that Al sees is also a hologram to him because it's being projected in what they call the imaging chamber. So, I mean, I'm making it sound we're making it sound a lot more complicated. But in terms of a sci-fi show, it's basically time travel, like you said. So I covered it pretty well, um, and then leaping into these people's lives to put right that. Uh, put things right that went, once went wrong he says very easily <laughs> so um, <laughs> exactly yeah exactly. and and everyone around sam sees him as the person he has leaped into so yeah uh, and the person he has leaped into is in the waiting room in the future hence the name of the show very very clever benny brilliant stuff you're welcome um the the person sam leaps into to help or help someone around this individual they are in the waiting room in the future waiting for sam to complete this task so they can then Return go back to, to their, their time and, and carry on with their lives. <laughs> but their brains are also, because it does mention in this opening episode, which again we'll talk about, but they, they even the people that sort of switch with Sam, they he so where Sam is, he looks like, as Sai said, basically like the person he's leapt into. In, in the future, or wherever, what time period Sam is from, the person appears like Sam as well. So mm-hmm. it's very sort of... Imagine watching this show, but from the waiting room perspective... Because it would be completely weird just to see those interactions. Because we do, again, later on, we do see these interactions occasionally. I think once, actually, I say that. Um, but imagine seeing this show from the waiting room perspective. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It changes the yeah, show be, yeah. completely, you know? Um, so, yeah. So you get little nuggets of information um, every now and again, uh, which is good. Um, but, yeah, it's a it's a great show. And hopefully we'll enjoy going back and um, watching it. Um I just want to say before we get into it, so I know, do you want to tell the story you told on Chain Wrestling in the sense of buying the DVDs? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it would probably help people out with regards to yeah, if to they maybe want to follow go on. back and re- yeah, revisit the episodes we're talking about, or if they've never seen the show before. Um, obviously for this project, I've seen all of Quantum Leap before, the 90 odd episodes that are available, of course I was one of my favourite shows, but it was a while back. Um, so for this project, I decided I need, I need to rewatch the episodes as we go along, and I'm trying to do it. So I rewatch this episode for this show. I don't go too far ahead. Yeah. I don't want to be reminded of things before Benny and I sit down and discuss it and so on. So I've, I need the DVDs to be able to have them on tap, so to speak, yeah. at, at my fingertips whenever I find the time or whenever we fit in uh, watching and recording. So eventually, I track them all down, all five series and separate. Uh, packaging and so on because the box set is crazy expensive and, and so on um they arrive a week later sci-fi on cable virgin media sky wherever you get your your tv channels from <laughs> um basically advertise that they're going to show all of quantum leap on there and we'll also have it on demand for absolutely nothing so, um, <laughs> so if you want to watch these episodes back or you want to um yeah watch potentially for the first time or even just go back scan through some um, and follow along with Benny and I for our little journey back through this show that we both adore. The DVDs are available, but they also, the sci-fi channel, which I believe is on Sky as well as Virgin Media and other providers, have it all on demand soon as well. So that's well worth looking out for. It'd definitely um, be interested to see what some of the people who listen along with us and obviously our perspective and what their perspectives are on the certain events i mean we'll talk about the oh boy moments and stuff like that later on but like what they think as well so i mean we'll share the share the social medias later on but uh, it'd be interesting to see what people 
remember about the show, if they liked it, what they didn't like <laughs> as well. So it'd be interesting yeah. to hear what you think uh, as well. And also people going back potentially, and this would be really fascinating for, from a personal standpoint for me, um, people watching the show for the first time. Yeah, even even more actually, because obviously, um, you know, it is it was made in eighty nine, finished in ninety three, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's you know it's a it's an old show by all you know, <laughs> no green screens and no computers really around as much available for TV shows. I don't, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't even imagine what the budget was for this show back in the day. Um, you know, it's not like a Game of Thrones million dollars or whatever it was that they spent on that show but uh, yeah it would be interesting to see what people think that have never seen it actually i'm a firm believer that special effects uh, and so on yes they're great but i can overlook that if the story is good yeah. i mean i mentioned i think i mentioned on our um our pilot episode our, our first episode about i'm a big doctor who fan as well I, I'm going back recently and watching old Doctor Who's. The special effects are dreadful. I mean, there's one <laughs> one series I watched where the bad guy was literally just wrapped up in bubble wrap to make him look like an alien. It was shocking. <laughs> but, oh but the story is good. I can overlook that. And yeah, that's what yeah. I think we get with Quantum Leap, especially. Because there's not... The, the, the settings Sam finds himself in, he's very much in those places at that time. So there is no real need for special effects or sci-fi gizmos and so on because the majority of each episode is almost like a drama set in the past isn't yeah it? yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean obviously uh, we're, um i well obviously we mentioned the uh, stuff as we go along but like the mirror image is very um simple but effective but it's all mm. about camera angles it's not about in, in some cases i think they even made like separate rooms to make it look like the opposite but um Generally, it's the angle of the camera in a certain way, so it looks like Sam's looking in the mirror, but then the other guy's looking back at him. When actually, it's just a simple, very clever camera trick, really. Which I, th- which I, you know, practical effects like that are very impressive to me. How they manage to yeah. get round things like that. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, shall we get into it then, mate? Yeah. So Genesis. Uh, so Genesis. We're going to do parts one and two. Obviously, if you have the DVDs, I don't know what they're like streaming on the uh, on Sci-Fi, as you said. But initially, this was uh, presented as a two-part uh, episode. But on the DVD, it is um, part. It's all in one, including the leap after as well. So we're going to do Genesis part one and two together as one, aren't we? I think basically. So yeah, that's right, mate. That's uh, right. And so... I think that's a good way of doing this because, uh, as we discussed very briefly before we press the little red button. This is fascinating to me, uh, and I know to, to you as well, Benny, because it is the very first one, and it's the, it is literally, as the title says, the genesis of the show. Yeah. But there's a lot that goes on in these first two episodes that don't really need covering or commenting on. You can, very much cu- yeah. you can really cut to the chase, I think, with this uh, opening episode. But by all means, when you watch it, you need to watch it all because it, it gives you great character Um uh, sort of almost character backgrounds, I suppose, to how Sam is, how Al is, uh, and so on. And you get to very early on, almost fall in love with the Sam Beckett character because he's such a such a fantastic good guy. He's just you know, Mister yeah. Squeaky Clean. He, he, he's he's exactly what you want from your hero in this scenario. But there's a lot there that I think Benny and I might not actually cover because there's a lot there that is just sort of background noise. I think Benny, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a it's a. I mean, it is a good start to the series. It's not the best pilot in the world, but it was enough that I wanted to see more. And the fact that you get a, obviously technically it's part two, but you get the leap at the end and a a snippet 
of another, which we'll get there, obviously, of another mm-hmm. person. You kind of get, you get the, by the end of it, you're like, oh, so this is how the show works. This is who this is. Al's this. Sam's this. We've still got a lot to learn about these two characters going forward. But I know I've got, by the end of the first, by the end of Genesis part one and two, you know how the show works. It isn't quite yeah. there yet, but it's, it, you've got the fundamentals of, okay, so he does this. He's trying to get home. Oh, okay. Oh, and that, oh, so that's what happens when that happens, and you know, which we'll get into as we go along. I don't want to give it away right at the beginning of the podcast, but um, you know, yeah. So I think by the end of it, you're going to be like, oh, okay. So, like I said, you know how this show works now. I'm interested to see what happens next. You know, yeah, Genesis. <laughs> so he leaps back to. They've got it listed here as September thirteenth, nineteen fifty six. Now, actually, Sam leaps into Tom Stratton. Uh, mm-hmm. test pilots um, for the Air Force. They're trying to, basically, what they're trying to do military-wise very quickly is they are trying to break Mark III. Sam is not a pilot by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's very, you know, you can imagine leaping into somebody and driving a car. Most people can drive, you know, um, or, you know, maybe even sail a boat to a degree, but flying an aircraft, especially a test one, is quite a daunting task, even for the test pilots, but at least they know how to fly it. But Sam not, one, having holes in his memory, isn't a pilot, <laughs> definitely not a pilot, <laughs> and has to almost bluff his way through this uh, military operation that they're trying to do. Obviously, um, I don't know where you want to start with it. Right at the beginning, when he leaps in, or um, well, yeah, my my first thoughts were sort of to discuss exactly that. Our sort of first thoughts watching the episode back in general. <clears throat> um, Obviously, he, he, like you, like you covered there, Benny, they're trying to break Mac three um, with the the Bell X two, I believe the plane was called. Oh, okay, I forgot um, what it was called. I'm glad ex- you remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, an experimental um, kind of effort to break this that this certain speed or sound barrier um, developed in the in the late forties, going into the fifties, I believe. Um, but they they're basically. Uh, Sam's character that he leaps into, Tom Stratton, is one of these pilots trying to do this, as Benny explained. But there's a few of them all living on effectively an Air Force base, isn't it? Yeah, they've all, they're like for the, so Tom Stratton's, uh, so who Sam leaps into is obviously, he's a father already. He wakes up next to a woman he doesn't know, because at this point he's, he doesn't even know what he's done. He doesn't really grasp that he's time traveled because his brain is so. Uh, Swiss cheesed as they say in the show mm-hmm. um, yep. he, he wakes up to a woman and he's like I don't remember going to bed with this woman but she's definitely <laughs> pregnant because um, she you know she's showing quite a lot isn't she like eight months gone I think they like, said it? Is just that right? six, eight about six months to eight months six yeah months. so she's yeah, yeah about okay. six months gone um, she's clearly pregnant and then you know she's kind of almost like I wouldn't say forces him into the shower at this point but he's kind of literally almost like sleepwalking through this moment these first few moments waking up in the morning he's got to get ready for work he knows that but he doesn't know what he does where he is who he is he looks into the mirror and it's the first ever mirror shot i suppose isn't it i didn't even think of this till right now yeah yeah um he leaps in and he sees um who who we guess is tom you know because at this point we don't know his name's tom Stratton, but like his wife's calling him tom and he looks in the mirror he knows who he is in a sense of i know my name's sam and what i look like so when he looks in the mirror he's like this is not me so it's it's a very weird sort of I guess it must be a very weird thing to feel because you know when you look in the mirror that isn't you but yet you can't remember quite who you are anyway do you know what I mean so that's quite a weird sort yeah. of thing to go through I guess yeah and and he's he's kind of 
putting shaving foam on his face turns to the mirror and sees this image of himself with the shaving That's foam it, yeah. on, doesn't he? So it's it's obviously his it's obviously the face of who he is staring back at him, but it's not his face, if that makes yeah. sense, because the shaving foam matches what he's doing in the mirror and so on. Um yeah, I'm incredibly confusing for anyone, I would imagine. It's almost like having a bad dream, isn't it? Waking up in a bit of a daze and you're walking yeah. around wondering what's going on. That doesn't kind of go away. You don't really kind of wake up from it, do you? Well, Sam, <laughs> Sam kind of mentions it, doesn't it? Cause in the first season, especially, we get like a lot of uh, inner monologue from Sam. So we kind of hear his thoughts and he's like, you know, he's putting the shaving foam on his face, as you said, but when he looks in the mirror, the shaving foam's there, the clothing he's wearing is there, but it's not him. <laughs> it's like the aura yeah. of this person you've leapt into. So everybody around him can see the mirror image, but Sam, we see Sam. You know, a little side note, I will say, uh, looking up some of this stuff. Um, when the show was originally conceived, I think the plan, they actually thought about having a different actor every week playing the person they leapt into. So can you imagine trying to find an actor every week for another to be this person? You know, so different actor every week would be Sam Beckett. <laughs> right. So whether that's true, I don't know. I remember reading that and thinking, what a casting nightmare heard, that would be. I've not heard that before. That, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I've read it somewhere, but again, I can't verify it, obviously. But it was, but even if this, you know, even if that, even if that was a little nugget of information, like imagine trying to cast Sam Beckett, everybody would play him differently because they're in this character. Can you imagine the, mm. just the, but then having said that, I suppose in terms of paying the actor, because he was a different actor every week, <laughs> the money wouldn't be a problem when the show got popular because <laughs> they wouldn't have to pay. Well, I suppose. You know, but... Yeah, and, and I suppose it's, it's, it's funny from our standpoint because we've seen it all. So yeah. I can't imagine anyone else. I mean, people keep... No doubt we're going to touch on this regularly as we as we discuss all the episodes. Yeah. But there's always talk of a reboot or a remake oh, or for a years. movie. Constantly. For years. Now, yeah, yeah. Um, on that premise, and and the thing you mentioned there about a different actor playing Sam Perleep and so on, because we've seen all five seasons of Quantum Leap, we've seen all the episodes numerous times. I, it, it's impossible for me to imagine anyone else as Sam Beckett. It's um, you know? it, yeah, I can't. Scott Beckett is just fantastic, isn't he? Well, even Dean Stockwell, to be fair, Scott Beckett is fantastic. You know, even Dean Stockwell being out, I can't imagine you know anybody being out either. But like you said, we've seen it all, so maybe somebody else can. But Mm. The reboot has been talked about for so many times. There was talks. I remember about five, six years ago, there was talks about a movie. There was talks about a series, but I believe that the people that own it um, aren't willing to let it go. I think for, or maybe they need a bit more convincing to let it be done. It would be good if they remade it. I think to a degree, you got to get the right people involved. But that's a different podcast in itself, mate. We might have to do that towards the end of the season, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. But that's I've a got whole lots of strong opinions upon that. Yeah, so, we'll so yeah. cover that one day. Yeah, maybe yeah. as a bonus episode sometime yeah, in the yeah. future. Um, but yeah, heading back to 1956, we are um, at the Edwards Air Force Base in Blockfield, California. We find, um, and and basically, Sam is part of this quite small group of pilots trusted in flying this experimental aircraft um to try as we said to try and advance the air force i guess um yeah well, I, think, I just thought about it now like i suppose technically we're obviously we're out of world war ii um but it hasn't been that long and i suppose technically no. 56 we're still in the midst of the cold war um you know and all that kind of stuff's going on politically. We don't really touch upon that in the episode, but it um, you got to think that's why they're trying to, you know, they're trying to. They've invented like the rocket engine and stuff like that. So 
they're trying to, like you said, break the sound barrier and hit Mark Three and all this kind of stuff. So um, you can imagine these pilots and these families living on this makeshift airbase with the houses and stuff and sonic booms going above them and everything. Um, it's not, yeah. no, no pun intended, it's not much of a leap to believe that this this was going on or could have been going on. So, you know, these, I wouldn't say a documentary, but it could be a, you know, you can imagine these families living these lives is what I'm getting at, really. Yeah, and there was there were certain moments during the show as well. Um, and again, uh, uh, for people listening, I've not got a set time frame of the episode in front of me, and we're not going to run through scene by scene by scene. Um, no, I'm, no. I, I imagine I'm going to be hop, uh, reacting to what Benny says and hopping back and forth a little <laughs> sorry bit. About that. You may you may have to rein <laughs> me in a little bit, Benny. But no, sorry. You, you say there about moments that stand out in the episode as as what was going on at the time. Um, you, you're spot on with regards to the timeline of um, uh, well, the world was in a, a very paranoid crazy place the world war ii had finished what 10 11 years previous 11 years previous yeah 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 um as you mentioned the the the, the inklings of the cold war going on you also had other things going on the likes of uh, things heading you were heading towards the likes of issues with cuba and korea and all these different things yes yeah. over, the next, over the next few decades yeah definitely and it was a very different world as, as again we'll see in quantum leap as, as sam jumps back and forth and exper- experiences all these different time frames but a few things that really stand out to me in this episode is and it's really small but it's it's um when the the lady he has woken up next to tom stratton's wife um sorry benny remind me of her name uh that's uh jennifer um runyon her name is i think that's how you pronounce her surname um so uh yeah she's uh I think this is one of her first um, sort of, not her first TV role, I don't think, but one of the earlier ones that she did, Quantum Leap. So, Okay. What was the character's name, sorry? Uh, Peggy Stratton. Peggy, that's it, Peggy. Yeah, sorry. Um, at one stage, she's doing housework in the kitchen and the old-fashioned <laughs> yeah. dryer yes. starts rumbling across the floor. And without dropping a, a beat, without even thinking about it, just second nature, she carries on doing her chores or her housework or however you want to term them. <laughs> And her leg comes out and just pushes the dryer think, back. Like she's she's done it ten times a day. Yes. So little things like that. Yeah. I, I can remember my nan having <laughs> a machine that danced across the kitchen floor. Yeah. Um, never witnessed whole... that myself, mate. I'm not going to lie, but they, yeah, I know what you mean. She kind of pouring herself. If I remember rightly, she's pouring herself a coffee, which she shouldn't be drinking because she's pregnant. But we're talking 56 here. Um, you know, they <laughs> wouldn't have known that really. They wouldn't have been. Oh, they okay. They know to stop smoking and maybe stop drinking. But when it comes to coffee, they haven't really twigged yet that they shouldn't be drinking that but yeah like you said the little moments of just pushing that back as if for god's sake come on and just second nature to her not even like a they could have just left her pouring a coffee there couldn't they you know it could have been yeah exactly and, and it's little touches like that little subtle moments like that that i think I, I, if the first time you watch a show it'll contribute to the show but you maybe don't realize why or you maybe overlook it when you've seen a show five six times little things like that kind of stand out to me of course another yeah. one is probably a little bit more a little bit more obvious um and that's the the almost fear or, or the almost worry concern paranoia however you want to word it that these these ladies these families live under during this time because these planes are going up um, you, you basically you have you have a big a big plane going up carrying the smaller experimental craft underneath. Yeah, that craft is then dropped into the sky. Off it goes, and when it breaks the sign barrier or a certain Mac or I don't know the technical terms, but when it breaks a certain speed, there's a sonic boom. There's a big there's a big noise. Um, 
but there's also instances of this plane doesn't it's experimental there's issues with it of course and wiring and god knows else what going on with that thing <laughs> yeah exactly and, and, and the whole purpose of things being experimental is to get them right the only way you're going to do that is occasionally to get them wrong and these planes are going bang in the sky that they're, they're having issues so sometimes when they hear a sonic boom or sometimes when they hear an explosion these the worry i can imagine of yeah, know, yeah. these ladies were all running out of their houses to almost almost like an assembly point, I guess, an unwritten or unconfirmed assembly point where they all just happen to meet. And they're looking up at the sky, and I've, they must be praying it's not their man yeah. this time. But yeah. they're also looking for a parachute to see if somebody's got out. Um, and also there are occasions where Peggy has a few friends around and they're all drinking coffee and chatting and you hear the sonic boom go and they all just glance at each other and those little subtle glances at each other i think really add to the almost yeah paranoia or concern of of, of what that what these families are going through benny yeah i mean the talk of um they always talk about soldiers in war brothers in arms and you know band of brothers in other series but you know this uh this unbreakable bond they have but you can see this amongst these and i think all of them pregnant as well. I think all the, at least the first three. Obviously, we see Peggy and two of her friends. I think they're all pregnant, roughly around the sort of same time, um, or showing at least the sort of same size as Peggy. So I would, I'm going to assume they're roughly around the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But there's all like you said, the looks are very subtle, but you can kind of it's almost like a. I, but then there's also that little smile that she gives one of the other women, um, as if to say, "No, it's okay," without actually saying it's okay. And uh, basically, you know, so again, they talk about the soldiers, you know, banded together. But I think these wives, not just in this show, but in real life as well, I can imagine families being very much bonded over this way of life, really. And you're talking about planes that explode. And obviously, the show kind of foreshadows this. Obviously, as you were saying a moment ago, one of the test pilots is flying it. The fire warning light goes off, I remember rightly, and things are not going well. And then all of a sudden, the suspense is built and then an explosion happens. And these three wives are running outside, like you said, like an assembly point to see what's gone on. Has anybody managed to survive? Was it a sonic boom? Was it an explosion? You know, whatever they must be going through their minds um, in the fort, like I said, foreshadowing, really, if you think about it. And the fact that a chute opens and they see the chute and somebody's falling safely to earth with a parachute. The celebrations between them, uh, you know, are, are very heartfelt. And, oh my God, thank God, <laughs> they're okay. Type yeah. thing. So the the constant, uh, no wonder they're drinking coffee, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And there's also a few more sort of, sort of I suppose, heartfelt moments throughout the episode, which I think really kind of, I suppose, open your eyes to the character of Sam Beckett. Yeah. He's, he's dancing with Peggy at a local bar, which is something apparently Tom, Peggy's real husband, um, wouldn't do. And she's incredibly touched that he's doing this rather than talking planes and flying with his, with his yeah, talking work. Um, he's spending time with her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then straight away, you kind of pick up on the fact that Sam is just a bloody good bloke he's just a he's just a nice fella you know 100 percent, yeah i mean part of me does think as i was watching it earlier was um obviously sam jumps into the quantum leap accelerator which we've already discussed to prove his theories is because we don't see that sam really do we because he's swiss cheese we've got the fundamental good guy uh Mm -hmm. good guy i'm just wondering kind of i don't think i don't get the feeling that sam's ever was ever cocky but was he too confident in his own 
um, as we find out later on in the episode, I don't know if you want me to mention it now, but the whole PhD things, did he get too, not in a sense of cocky, but did he get too sure of himself that I'm right, let's do this? Do you know? You don't know because we don't see that, Sam. We see the Swiss cheese mind bending <laughs> quantum leap yeah. jumper who fundamentally, like you said, is a freaking good guy and uh, knows right from wrong, which is basically what this show's about, really. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. Um, is that a possibility that, you know... But, but at the same time, he is, uh, I suppose, a prodigy, isn't he? He's a child prodigy. He's, he's qualif- getting qualifications years ahead of his age. You mentioned there about all the PhDs he had, Benny. Yes, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, as the episode sort of goes along, um, Sam's... I wouldn't... To begin with, I would say he's almost like Bambi on ice. He's stumbling a bit when he first gets there. Um, then sort of s- starts to find his feet, doesn't he, really? Um mm-hmm. Al makes an appearance, but if, when he first sees Al, he doesn't, again, because he doesn't know who he is, he's very much reacts to him like he's somebody there, doesn't pick up on the fact that he's a hologram until um, Al's at the back of the plane, stood there, um, and then he asks um, Bird Dog, or uh, Bill, uh, what's his name? Bill Birdell. Bird Dog, he's called. He's a bit of a womanizer, shall we say. Uh, he's like his best to, friend. He's he? like his best mate, yeah. Tom's um, best friend, sorry, yeah. Tom's best mate. Um, he says, oh, is, is everything all right back there? And he goes, yeah, yeah, everybody's where they should be. And he and it, it shows, so it shows it from Sam's point of view, seeing Al, and then it shows it from um, Birdell's point of view that he can't see Al, so he doesn't really grasp that. So Sam doesn't know whether he's not seen him or seen him, really. So, But yeah, as the show goes on, there's a moment at the jukebox I want to talk about quickly where he's obviously, as you mentioned, he dances with Peg, says you've got to sit down and sit this one out, you're six months pregnant, then goes to the jukebox and then Al reappears. And at this point, we still don't really know where Al's coming from because you don't know as a viewer, you don't know, do you really? So probably no. should, we should, probably should have started with a spoiler alert, <laughs> to be honest, anybody that's new really. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's, it's something I, want, I was going to cover as well. I've got oh, a note about that. Um, Al coming in the way he does... I think was bloody fantastic. And until I watched it back for the purpose of this show, I completely forgot that's how it was handled. Yes, yeah. Um, Effectively, we mentioned at the very beginning of the episode when we were describing Quantum Leap in general, Al is coming back from Sam's... Well, he's in the future. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in the future, isn't he? And he's in the imaging chamber, yes. so he can lock on to Sam and speak to him and communicate with him and help him. Uh, uh, at yeah, this so point, he appears as a hologram. As a hologram, um, yes. Yeah, I mean, but one of the first times, look, well, Benny, Benny explained just there himself, didn't you? He sees him in the plane, uh, and 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 Benny's spot on the way that was explained there. Uh, that's what happened, and he's like, "Is that guy okay?" He just kind of stood there in the middle of the plane, whilst everyone else is wearing all the proper gear. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, not wearing any breathing apparatus or anything so high up, and like you know, yeah. everything's open. He's passing on a cigar as well. Yeah. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which a little side note, um, Al uh, Dean Stockwell, um, which I'm sure many Quantum Leap fans know this, uh, apparently said, "Oh yeah, Al should have a cigar in every scene." It was just a way of getting free cigars basically from from dean stockwell apparently <laughs> so um you know do take what you can get i guess yeah uh, my favorite one is when sam is with the other pilots in almost a meeting room and you have the guy who's in charge with the metal plate in his head what's his name benny weird weird ernie weird ernie as soon as you said it, i remembered i haven't actually got it in front of me but yeah it's weird ernie um played by uh bruce mcgill i think his name is um he was so, in MacGyver, I think, a lot. Uh, I think quite a few of these actors did stuff like Knight Rider and, um, you know, uh, Magnum PI at the time. Um, I think he's been in, like, uh, I'm trying to think, is anything, I'm looking through his stuff now, actually. 
Uh, one of the ones I didn't look at, actually. He's been in NCIS, Blue Bloods. Um, he's done Voices in Family Guy, apparently. So, yeah, he's done loads of stuff. Law and Order, you know, obviously a popular show. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's anything here that I'm, I'm you know, aware of. But he's been acting for a long time. So, um, you know, he's somebody that pops up every now and again. I am not don't know if... It, whether he's had like ma- uh, massive roles, I would say. I said he's he's mm. acted well. Um, films like Some of All Fears he was in. Uh, been in CSI a few times. Um, I was going to say, he's going to yeah, have been in CSI yeah, or Law and you know, Order because um, every bugger's so, in that. Yeah, it, it's the equivalent. <laughs> CSI and um, Law and Order is like the equivalent in Britain of like everybody was in the bill at some point, you know? So it's, yeah. it's kind of that. Everybody turned up in casualty at some yeah, He's done a few sci-fi things like... Um, Babylon Five as well, if you're if you're aware of that. So he's done quite a lot of stuff, to be fair. In fairness, he actually, you know, he does make another appearance in Quantum Leap. So I'm sure we'll be mentioning him again at some point. A big, big mention about Absolutely. that. Yes, a, a big, a big discussion will be made about that. But yes. that's way, way, way in the that's future. That's way in the future. That's way another. That's that's another <laughs> at least ninety something episodes away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, the way Sam appears in this meeting, sorry, Al appears in this meeting is fantastic because obviously Sam's the only one who can see him. But as as you explained, Benny, as a viewer, we don't quite know this. Yet. Obviously, watching it so many times, we do. But when you first watch it, and um, I can I mean, unfortunately, I didn't see the very first episode. I watched later episodes. Then I went back and watched them when I became a fan of the show. So, but I can imagine somebody who's never watched it before going, "Who the hell's this guy?" You know, and yeah, there's not much interaction between Sam and Al to begin with until like, a bit later on. So, but the, like you said, the way they handle it is very clever and from a viewer's point of view when they cut from is you know sam says is everybody all right back there we see al and then when it cuts to tom uh, not tom sorry uh Burdell, and he says he looks back and then it shows the back of the plane again but no al and he goes yeah everything's fine so we see it for briefly from somebody else's eyes so we can, it's very clever it's very subtle as well yeah. until you mention it then it's very subtle and i didn't even Again, because of the way I watched them, I knew who I was, so it didn't really enter my mind. But now we're talking about it. It's very cleverly done that you go, oh, then who is this person? Mm. You know, and then he does... In the meeting that they have, sorry, in the meeting that they have, they're all in this little little office space talking about going up in the plane and and so on and issues with the plane and um, why it exploded at a certain time or so on. Just discussing, you know, I suppose... Um, I've just watched going it, so forward it, it, they, the experiment, and um, I'm sorry, I'll just cut you off. Sorry, I just I've just watched it, so it's a case of they're um they're arg- they're not arguing, they're talking and saying they had a problem with the the insulation of the plane, so they've repaired it. So that was what they were talking about. Sorry, I know you were. Yeah, just- <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> and and Al looks like he's part of the meeting. <laughs> he does, Al yeah. Looks, he just looks like he's another pilot or another officer or or, or some some higher up know, there an, an engineer or someone. Someone there who's a bit higher up. I took it as like the way he was yeah. dressed. You know, like okay. Then Sam sort of smiles at him and you know he goes because I think Al walks up to him and goes, "Isn't this a kick in the butt?" And Sam sort of puts his hat on and goes, "Yeah," and then walks off and doesn't really acknowledge yeah, him. And he it's... acts like um. Yeah, it's like Al's just some kind of weirdo because he's walking <laughs> up, he keeps walking Al keeps walking up to him and going, Isn't this brilliant? Isn't this great? Yeah. Obviously referring to the fact they the time travel experiment and seeing fifty six and so on. Whereas Sam's looking at him like he's from fifty six. Who is this weird bloke thinking that flying these planes is yeah. brilliant? It's like <laughs> until he sees him in the back of the plane and he starts to wonder well, that's a bit weird, you know? He, he, yeah. you can see it on his face. Um yeah. I, I think but, Go on. Do you want to quickly um, run through why 
it seems Sam is here. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll mention it in the same breath then because uh, the bit where they, um, so they have a bit of a come to, like, I don't know whether you call it come to Jesus meeting, but Al and Sam, Al at this point still thinks Sam knows who he is and they try to talk mm-hmm. near the jukebox and everybody looking at, uh, also they're looking at Tom, aka Sam, going, what that, that talking to yourself bit is, you know, it's old, you know, don't do it, or whatever. But this is the moment yeah. that Al realizes that Sam doesn't know really who he is, what he's doing, doesn't realize he's part of a time travel experiment, and basically huffs off in a in a bit of like, oh my god, what's going on? Sam follows him out to the parking lot, and you just see this door open, kind of, and then it closes and Al disappears. And then yeah. Sam kind of goes, I think, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, he doesn't realize. Um, and then they sort of come to a thing where uh, they try to... Re- I can't remember if they've tried to retrieve Sam first. Then they go fishing? Yeah, they do. Because they try to retrieve Sam, and it does now. At the beginning of the episode, they do this whole thing through the clouds, and it zooms into this house, and then the clock, which is going backwards, and it ticks back over to 6am. There's time going back forward, and so that's where Sam first wakes up. But they try to retrieve Sam. It doesn't work. And then he ends up back in Tom's body again. And he wakes up, but this time he remembers... His name's Sam, and a few, th- and he was raised on a farm. Tries to remember where he's from, like in the sense of he where he went to college, but can't remember. He remembers um, a little funny moment actually. Goes, I'll, I'll do it when I milk the cows. Like you know, it's a little like like funny moment where he mm. says it to himself, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, he remembers a phone number, uh, I think earlier on, and he tries to. He remembers his name Sam, um, and he's trying to call his dad because he knows his dad's alive because he's remembered enough where he was born. He's got a, f- a mother and a father and a sister. I think that's all we get to really know in that bit. Um, but it leads to this confrontation at the fishing uh, while he's fishing with the uh, Tom's son and he starts talking to Al. He goes to grab Al but puts his hand right through Al. And, and, um, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. He's got a hangover. <laughs> Al's got a hangover. He's in a dressing gown, which nobody really... I want to say this about Dean Stockwell's uh, wardrobe in this series nobody really mentions it because he's supposed to be from the future but some of the things he wears are quite out there even i wouldn't even by that standard i would say to some of the stuff he's wearing um, well obviously we've got we've got the, the 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 luxury i suppose of looking with 2021 eyes yeah and the series sam's actual home time i guess is set it it is 95 96 yeah it? we're not we're not 100 sure but it's just i know there's a comment yeah. made in genesis where he says because they're, they're they're discussing about whether he wants how to leap home, but how he basically finds out that uh, in the original history, Tom, um, so him who he's in, Tom died trying to reach Mark Three in the um, in the plane, which I've forgotten the name of, which you did tell me earlier. The Bell X Two. Thank you. The X Two. I know it's the X Two, <laughs> but I can because you said Bell X Two. I should have just said X Two and be done with it. Um, in the original history, Tom uh, gets killed trying to hit Mark Three. So they get into a discussion around the plane, um, trying to. I mean, there's a funny moment where they say they're losing their memory. The guy, the pilots are very, um, <laughs> I suppose, juvenile in some cases. So you'll oh, see that much. when you it's watch a it. Boys club, isn't a boys it? club. Yeah, not too, not too bad. Not like you know hazing, but there is some like, oh yeah, I couldn't remember my wife's birthday after I flew Mark Two. You know that kind of stuff going on, mm. and they're just messing around with them. Um, but Sam's there to initially. You find out to fly them up. Uh, the X, sorry, the X two, to hit Mark three and basically live. Now he doesn't have to fly a plane. Luckily, as Sai's already said, 
the the big plane takes off and lands um, or takes off the plane, which is one of the hardest things to do with flying. So all he's got to do is fire a couple of rockets as Al puts it and um, make it to Mark III. He's not going to be able to land the plane, so they discuss about him parachuting out once he hits Mark III. Once he hits the ground, he'll leap out and he'll be home and, you know, they switch back, basically. Um, but uh, obviously there's a lot more going on than just that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it, you, that's, their theory is they've got to put this right, basically. Sam doesn't want to do it. He's very reluctant to fly a plane because he can't fly. The other theory, I, I would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other theory is you could be, you know, I think there's like a, I can't remember what he says percentage-wise, but it's, the other one could be about a 52% chance of, if you're at ground zero when an atomic bomb goes off, that could work, um, which is obviously <laughs> not very preferable. After that, it's like low teens. And he says, the only safe bet you could do, this is where we think we get the year from because it's 1956. Al says, in roughly 40 years, you could you know, basically live out your life for the next, and in roughly in 40 years, you'd be back with us, providing you don't get you know a, a, a disease or you know, die in an accident or something, you could be back in 40 yeah. years, give or take. So we we think roughly Sam is from 95, 96. We're not, because he says roughly 40 years. So he, he could say yeah. that could be 42 years. That could be 38 years. We don't really know the common threads. Well, what I've got in front of me here is the Wikipedia description. And it says in 1995, Dr. Sam Beckett, desperate to previous time travel theory, oh, et cetera, okay. et cetera. And Wikipedia would never lie to us. No, Wikipedia ever, would, ever, doesn't ever. lie. <laughs> Um, I've just I've got something for that. Went a little caca. I think they would actually. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Al. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're looking at Sam's time is ninety five, ninety six ish. Ish. Yeah. Ballpark, yeah. And then you look at some of the clothes. I mean, the very beginning of the episode, you see it is, is Al driving down the road in the future just before Sam jumps in the machine to to, to, to sort of jaunt through time. Well, I didn't know this till because again researching it. Sorry, is the woman that he picks up. I thought was just some randomer that he didn't see again. It, based on the cast list, that's Tina, even though it's not yes. necessarily the same actress later on. So I didn't know this until today. I didn't realize this was supposed to oh, be really? his okay. meet, his first meeting with Tina. I didn't realize ah. that. So because again, we only see a little snippets of the waiting room, hence mm-hmm. the name of the podcast and stuff. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I didn't know that till today that that's supposed to be Tina. Ah, right, brilliant. See, learning <laughs> stuff every day, aren't we? But yeah, but basically the the clothes, the, the car is ridiculously futuristic. The clothes are insane. I mean, Tina, basically Al is driving a car, pulls over because he's this womanizing individual to just pick up <laughs> some lass on the side of the road. She's got earrings that glow, if I remember rightly. That they're flashing and glowing, like apparently because that's what people would like to wear in the future. She's got lights in her heels, which I actually thought were quite cool. I'd have lights in my shoes. What are your you heels? Know, um, do, you, do you wear heels on the side? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well I've got my special pubs. And, um, <laughs> she's, you know, it, it, it's just, in 1989 when this show was made, if they fought in six years, because that's all it is, six years. If they fought in six years' time, that's what people are going to be dressed as. Yeah. That blows my mind. Because I can, I, I was 15, 16 in 1996, and I can tell you now, nobody dressed like that. We all wore no. white jeans and had too much gel in our hair and stank a CK1. <laughs> we didn't look anything like that. <laughs> well, Al's got that badge on as well, like a neon star on it as well, which I thought was cool. It was like a little like little thing. Like, But again, where they thought this was supposed to be, you know, um, an experimental car that he's driving, which looks like, you know, it could be the... Um, 
first draft of Knight Rider to a degree, I suppose. Didn't think of okay, it. Yeah. Out, uh, you know, but the car's not that bad. But yeah, like you said, the thought process of this is what it could be. But then they're on the cutting edge. They're doing time travel experiments. They could be devising anything in that mountain, I suppose. You know, even neon badges, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you know. like, like you mentioned, Benny, about about um, Al's. Uh, wardrobe is is clothing that he wears throughout the series it's so outlandish and crazy but yeah. it is like the 1980s wild clothing just amped up so imagine <laughs> people it? when they were writing this in 89 just for okay things are going to look the same just worse you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll just add some bells and whistles to it maybe i think maybe and flashing lights <laughs> yeah i think that might have been the uh way they went with it to be honest but uh yeah nah I, you don't really question it do you i mean i'm I mean, there is I, there's stuff that happens in the imaging chamber when Al's cold or hot. Like Sam's in like a very hot place, and Al's dressed up like it's winter because it's cold where he is in the future. So it's like it throws you off sometimes. You're like, yeah. why is he dressed? Oh, because he's in the imaging chamber. He's not there. So it's kind of like grasping the how the imaging chamber works because they talk about it, but they don't really explain it. And then again, again later on episodes, you kind of get a glimpse at this a bit more, but. You got to imagine that he's in a room somewhere, and this is just being projected to him as well as the way Al's being projected to Sam. You know, so but yeah, the clothing is <laughs> interesting to say. We might have to post our favorite Al costumes or something, you know, or clothing yeah. ones as we go along from each That's episode. Maybe put little screenshots of what uh, old Admiral Al is wearing. Yeah, Admiral Al, the show. yeah. Back to 1956, we have this issue obviously to resolve to get Sam home. Um, he has been told, as Benny brilliantly explained, that he has to break Mac 3 and then jump out the plane with a parachute before it all goes kaboom and kills him. And in theory, that should get him home. Yeah. Um, Benny? Well, doesn't quite go right, does it? No, well, I mean, he's. Um, Al's <laughs> said he's going to help him. Obviously, he can't physically help him because he's a hologram to Sam. Um, we get there in a sense of, you know. Um, there's always, I mean, there's been there's some good. I just want to go touch on it very quickly. A good uh, sort of. There's a moment where Sam kisses Peggy, and Peggy kind of. They go Karen with their barbecue that's going on at the time. Sorry, and he they kiss, and Peggy sort of stops and sort of touches her lips, and there's a look on her face like, "Is this Tom?" You know, do you know what I mean? She's kind of, he's, the way he's been acting, the way he's been, um, is different to how Tom is. Not that Tom's a bad guy. Mm but a bit more tentative, I guess, Sam is, with yeah. a pregnant woman. Yeah. Um, and everyone kisses different, don't they? Do you know what I mean? guess so, yeah. I don't know how you kiss. I've never kissed you, so I wouldn't know. Um, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they go into... Um, it gets to launch day, basically. There's a lot. There's some good story within this as well. But the premise is, as we said, he gets into this plane. He's sat up... Um, front with them and one of the guys says oh this is going to sound really weird but when i did it this is the guy that jumped out of the plane in the uh, beginning of the episode pretty much says i smell i swear i could smell coffee brewing <laughs> while he's in the plane when the fire warning light came on so sam's like okay no worries and then he goes to get himself ready gets into the x2 and they literally release him <laughs> drop this plane from this the back of this other plane into the sky basically he's already up there let's sets him loose and he's screaming isn't he Basically, he's screaming for Albert, which I find he does. I think it's the only time he calls him Albert. I don't think he. I don't. Very rarely does he call him Albert. Anyway, but it's like Albert as he's falling down, and then he, eventually Albert does appear. They manage to fire the first two rockets, and 
uh, you know, it's very cleverly done. Again, it might some some might consider it a bit dated looking because of the way Al appears, his hand appears, and Sam's got, matching Al's movements with the the stick in the plane to level off the oh, plane. I thought it was very good. I thought it was really good. I still think it's still, you know, yes, you can tell, but there are worse effects out there than that. I would say. Um, See, for those who heard, sorry to interrupt, Benny, but for those who heard our, our, our first episode where we discussed what we were looking forward to and what we were maybe not looking forward to so much with regards to Benny and I's watch back of the series, one of my big concerns was how dated certain things may look now. Um, but this really sort of made me smile because that, that concern of mine on this instance didn't didn't materialise, no, Benny. I don't, I don't think so either. I think it's, it, you know... Again, like you said, if the story's good enough, you can kind of forgive things anyway. I wouldn't say it's that bad anyway. I think it's aged pretty well. There are a few shots here and there. Um, mainly, it's not so much the Al effects. It's mainly actually when they cut to, I can either assume is maybe footage sent from the military of this plane flying, or they filmed it. Obviously, cameras aren't weren't as, at least portable ones, probably weren't as good as what they are now from drones and stuff. So... There's a bit grainy. I think it's all stock footage. Yeah, isn't it? I think all... I think yeah, I think it was stock footage as well. So I think it's mm. it, occasionally they kind of cut to a shot of a plane, and it's a bit grainy. You know, I mean, I'm not overly bothered by it, but it can be. No. You know, I was like, you can tell the difference, but you know, as it, the story's good, so I'm not overly fussed by it. But like like you said, you know, um, I think. Um, sorry, a little side note. I think also technology for us as a viewer has advanced. We've got HD televisions. We've got yes. 4K, 4K TVs. We've Absolutely. got ultra, ultra HD on, on certain channels now. Whereas in 1989, you didn't have that. You, standard definition is what we now refer to right. as yeah. the one before HD. You didn't even have that back in 1989. Well, if you think about so the, the, the style of the, the way it was filmed as well, the 4x3, it wasn't widescreen. Mm-hmm. That's why you've got, when you watch it back, you've got the two like black... Um, sort of empty spaces on a widescreen TV because it was filmed for TVs that were the four by three back in the day, yeah, the film exactly. stock. So, you so, know. so the, the stock footage looking a bit more grainy or it being able to you, you, be, being able to really sort of differentiate between the stock footage of the plane and the footage they have filmed for the show. The differences there, I don't think, would have been as dramatic in 89 watching it back with the technology they had at that time as no. opposed to watching it with my HD TV in my front room and whatnot now. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, like no, do you know what that makes perfect sense to be honest? And actually almost like <laughs> you can forgive it a bit more, to be honest, because you've you like you said, because of the uh technology HD, 4K, etc. etc. Obviously mm. you can see a lot more detail in shots now. So like back then, um not so much, you know. So uh, that makes sense. But yeah. Sam's up in the air at this point. He's launched two rockets. He's Al's helped him, you know, uh, again, uses the line kick in the butt and all that kind of stuff, which is, uh, yep. it's just Al sort of things. You know, he, we'll talk a bit more about Al as we go along, but um, in other episodes, but uh, for now it's uh, flying this plane, trying to hit Mark two um, levels off some great views actually from the plane. I'm not going to lie. The, the footage they have is really cool looking um, going through the clouds, going through so the on. clouds and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah. Even now, um, so so want to do that at some point maybe not in an x2 but you know it would be cool um <laughs> hits the uh third booster off he goes starts um uh moving up through the things uh the speed so he's at like but 2.8 i think mark 2.8 when the fire alarm goes off in the plane saying there's a problem um and it's actually weirdly because the other guy said it smelled like coffee but actually 
Um, and I love how how <laughs> casually Al says this, by the way. Al's like, he didn't, um, Sam says, oh, he didn't hear um, smell coffee. He heard it brewing. And Al just casually goes, yeah, it's the uh, fuel boiling, as if it's nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what the hell? Because obviously back then, obviously to burn fuel and stuff and the skin temperature of the speed wouldn't be up to par of what aircrafts would be now, I assume. So mm. the f- fuel's starting to boil. And as we all know, fuel in general, whether it be petrol or whatever, is very flammable. So when it starts to boil, that's probably not a good sign. Um, no, I think that's I think that's something to avoid in any scenario. <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. Um, he hits Mark Three uh, just, but the uh, plane explodes. At this point, we don't know whether Sam's made it out or not. Um, and in the process of this, it's quite a distraught um, moment. Actually, really, is we see it cuts to Peggy. And the coffee pot kind of explodes on a um, on the uh, on the stove that she's got going. I'm not sure whether it's the shock wave of the plane exploding, or whether it's she's left it on too long and the glass is broken. I think it might be a bit of both. I think you could yeah. argue either or, couldn't you? Because if you leave it on too long, it's going to go bang, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's but glass. also that. Oh, I don't know. Because I suppose at the same time, they've lived in that house for a while. We've seen the sonic boom happen a few times, and her coffee pot hasn't exploded. So, so yeah. um, I don't yeah, on this occasion, it must be because uh, it must be because she's left it on there too long. I guess so. I don't really know what how that. I'm, it could be a mixture of both, like you said. I think it might be because it was left on there too long. Because she, I think, from Peggy's point of view, she is kind of made Tom promise something. He doesn't know what he's promised, and then like he goes and does that, and then she knows he's flying the plane today. She's a hundred percent knows. Um, Sam hits the ground. Peggy, we think. I don't know if we see Peggy collapse or not, but the coffee, po- the coffee pot, sorry, um, explodes in the kitchen at the same time the plane explodes, pretty much, or at least that's how it's depicted. Um, Probably doing her a favour, mind Benny, as you mentioned earlier. I shouldn't be drinking. That drinking coffee, it anyway, you? yeah. Shouldn't be drinking anyway. Come on, I know it's fifty-six, yeah. but come on, sort yourself out. I'm um, worried about yourself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't decaf coffee. Put it this way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So does that. Um, Sam, hit, hit, I say, hits the ground. He lands safely. He removes the, the parachute from his face, <laughs> reveals the desert that he's still in, and the emergency services from the army coming towards him to make sure he's all right. And he's like, oh, God damn it, I'm still here. Um, why hasn't he leapt? Why hasn't he leapt yet? Yeah, basically. Um, he's in the uh, back of the ambulance with the doctor, um, talking to Al at the same time, which is quite funny in itself because there's two conversations going on. Um, but obviously from the doctor's point of view, he's only talking to Tom, AKA Sam and Sam's talking to Al and why haven't I leaped and all this kind of stuff. And all Al can think about is that you're safe. Great. But I want to go back and chat to this woman that I left because he had a one night stand with somebody (laughs) and he wanted to get back to her because he didn't want to seem rude. He he is, man. He is. Um, but as we find out, uh, Sam gets to the hospital because he needs to be checked over, but it turns out that Peggy's, uh, gone into premature labor. Yeah, because of the worry and the sonic boom and everything, isn't it? And the stress of everything that's gone on. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, this is where we find out actually about the PhDs. Well, we find out about the PhDs a bit earlier, but we find out that, um, but we find out that Sam has got a PhD or he's a medical doctor or has been at some point, because they, what they want to do is they want to move Peggy to LA, but they don't want to move her because of the stress. They want to deliver the baby and then fly the baby from where they are to LA uh, to be to be looked after um i don't know if you remember but sam obviously starts um 
<laughs> he's like, no, we can't do that. And then he's like, hang on, how far along the contractions and all this? And bear in mind to everybody else, this guy's a pilot, a test pilot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's talking like some sort of medical professional at this stage, isn't he? He is, yeah. And he's like, how long the, uh, the contractions are and all this stuff. And the doctor says, oh, this part. He goes, oh, give her this. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, some drug that was developed in the 70s to stop premature labor. Um, and nobody believes him, obviously, because one, it hasn't been invented yet. And two, <laughs> he's supposed to be a freaking pilot, which I find yeah. funny. And then the other guy, the doctor, who's also, he's like a military doctor, isn't he? He's basically threatening to chuck him in the brig, essentially, or whatever it would be in the RAF, or the, not the RAF, sorry, the Air Force, sorry. Um, if he doesn't pipe down and he goes, well, if we inject, he does it a bit more casually, a bit more better than I'm explaining it, but basically says, if we give her a solution of ethanol alcohol and mix with water or something like that. It will make her drunk, which will essentially make her brain stop telling the rest of her body to give birth, basically, and basically stops labor. You know, very, I say very quickly, it's quite a tense moment, really, but he does, they yeah, manage definitely. to, one, Tom's alive, so he's already changed history, and two, he's just saved the do- uh, his unborn daughter at this point and his wife from going through even more um, stuff, basically. And Sam leaps out of the window and leaps out the window. No, he doesn't. He leans out the window, <laughs> uh, puts his thumb up to his his best mate and his son. The son chucks the baseball. And as Sam goes to reach out to catch it, we get the first ever leap out of Tom. And he's catching a ball in a baseball game. <laughs> For, yeah. Like literally like yeah. switching, switching a channel on, uh, on him, basically. So it, it, it seems like... Obviously, keeping Tom alive was part of his task. Yeah, well, we also making sure his wife and unborn child were well, yeah. safe as well was part of Sam's yeah. task as well. So when we... that's completed, we finally get the leap. Yeah, we do. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, and again, but like I said, by the end of the episode, you're going to be like, um, oh, you'll be uh, kind of, oh, okay, this is how it works. I mean, so he does leap into um, a ball player, but what I like about it is, uh, I think it's Tim Fox he leaps into a baseball mm-hmm. player. I did look up the actor very briefly. Tim Martin, his name is. Um, he only did Quantum Leap. He did nothing else, according to IMDb. He did nothing else but Quantum oh, Leap. Oh, okay. I quite uh, like that. That's quite cute. I like yeah, that. So, um, and also, the guy he leapt into, Tom Stratton, the actor, was not actually credited for the um, the episode originally. So um, it's quite good when you imagine getting yourself a role in Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah, who are you going to be? I'm going to be the guy who leaps into. Oh, okay. So you literally get maybe two or three mirror shots and that's it. You're not really in it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I never thought of it that way till earlier. But um, yeah, what I like about this is there's a couple of good feel moments in this, the beginning of this one, is that, because um, I say this one, it's technically the end of part two, isn't it? This uh, this part where he's in the ball player. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, he, to sort of summarise quickly, Benny, I apologise. He, he's he's left 1956 now. Yeah. He's now arrived in Waco, Texas in the summer yeah. of 1968 um, as correct. Tim Fox, a minor league baseball player, as Benny brilliantly explained. Um, it's the end of the baseball season. Uh, it's the middle of a game. And basically he has to make the winning play. He has to hit the, the winning home run, mm. so to speak, to keep for whatever reason because in the original history uh tim fox screws it up <laughs> basically <laughs> so. yeah they lose uh but yeah i just want to circle back quickly it's just because the the reason i want to mention it is because ziggy obviously said that he needs to tom stratton died in the original history al comes back when they, they find him because it turns out sam's been leaping around for about a week he's been bouncing around in time they've only they thought they'd managed to fix it but they hadn't um it turns out that um 
it took him a week to find him, basically, wherever he was in yeah, time. that's really interesting as well. To me, I don't remember that until I watched it back this time, Ben. Yeah. I don't um, remember that being said. So so what do you think that is? Do you think he's been leaping around, just bumping from place to place? Or do you think he's I'm not had to sure, put things it's... right and then leap? Or how do you think that works? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe, I mean, because we, from Sam's perspective, he's was in a hospital in 1956, um, having just become, or at least Son becoming a father, and say, well, not becoming a father, so saving, you know, the mm-hmm. family of the, of the, you know, the Strattons and everything like that. Um, and all of us, from his point of view, he's gone from that window to a, to a baseball field. So I don't really know how, what that is. I don't know whether it's yeah, like it's a... Bit of a so maybe a little bit of a continuity error there. It doesn't quite make sense, especially when you look at how the series progresses and you leap from one episode to the, to next, the next or one yeah. story to the next. Generally Saying do, that he yeah. was leaping around in between doesn't quite make sense with the rest so, of the story. So, so I mean, we haven't done this yet. So should we call that a caca moment? Would you I say? I think that? so. Yeah. Okay. So that would be our first ever then. So we'll be doing this going forward, but yeah, we're going to call that. So him leaping around for a week, I'm sure maybe someone can explain it to us, but we, we don't really get why he was bouncing around for a week. Then they found him. So we're going to go. Yeah, that's a went a little caca. That's what it is. All right. <laughs> indeed. I mean, what's making him leap then during that week? It just doesn't make any sense with I mean, the rest of the story. Maybe I can fill the gap in. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was trying to get home. Maybe whatever. Maybe in Sam's head, he was trying to get home. Maybe whatever is mm. leaping him around was like, nah, you're not going anywhere. And it was a bit of a struggle for a week. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, potentially. Maybe he had a. Maybe he had a very brief. Uh, maybe he went and did something else, but we didn't see it. And then he appeared, but then he doesn't because of the Swiss cheese brain. He doesn't remember doing it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe you know. That, I, that's, know. I mean, we're reading into it quite a bit there, but I mean, I liked the fact that Al. So basically, the reason I mention it is because Ziggy didn't research the history enough, because it was a theory that this is what he had to do. So the original history of Tom Stratton was he died in the Mark Three accident or the X Two accident. Sorry, then um, Peggy, basically the baby was stillborn, so it didn't. You know, it, so they lost. She lost her husband and. Uh, yeah, their their child really. So, but yeah, because of Sam putting it right, they had a little girl and were because he's leaped forward to what nineteen sixty eight at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen years from where he was Tom. But uh, he changed history, he saved Tom, and saved the family really. So it's pretty. It's a nice moment. Um, I will mention quickly the Al. You know, Sam. We didn't really mention it, but Al's not allowed to tell Sam anything if he can't remember. For whatever reason, he's not allowed to tell because I think it will be maybe mess his brain up even more. I don't know. Yeah, it could influence him as well, I suppose. Yeah. The biggest one, I think, is obviously stuff to do with his family and so on and his past. But a big one would be he's got a wife waiting for him back home in 1990, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So he's leaping here. He's supposed to be married in the first leap. He's supposed to be married to Peggy. Um, supposed to be showing her affection and so on. If he knew he was married back in the future, that with how Sam is being such a nice the boy fella, scout type thing going yeah, on, exactly, yeah, that might sense. mess him up. And I suppose in a way, um, cause his leaps to be more difficult, more of a battle of conscience potentially. Yeah. So actually, removing that conscience to a degree, or yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that really. It's a good way of putting it. Um, we get uh, our second mirror image, obviously, of the baseball player. Again, 
very good camera tricks <laughs> going on. I mean, on that here. one's really symbolic as well. That that turns up on the um, the intros, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realise it was from this very first episode, especially watching it back and seeing him as uh, as Tom uh, Stratton. I, I completely forgot about the secondary leap at the end, where because you don't get that in other episodes, do you? Each other episode yeah. going forward is one leap per episode, so this is like a secondary mini story tagged on the end of the main story. And that image of him leaning across, looking at himself in the mirror is such to me an iconic one because it turns up on the intro to, I think pretty much every episode. I think it's in, yeah, I think it is pretty much even in later seasons, it's still like there, I believe. So um, the intro evolves, but like in a sense of the narration at the beginning, but um, which uh, is really good, but yeah, it's, it's on there for a while. I mean, uh, just uh, back to the episode. Just again, we're 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 winding down now, really. Um, and this is we get to see um, Al tells Sam that his surname is Beckett, so he can look up his dad and speak to naughty his dad. Al. Naughty, naughty Al, naughty, naughty Al. Not the first time, and it won't be the last time, as we nope. well know going forward. <laughs> it's quite a heart wrenching moment, really, because he because his dad yeah. dies. We we know this from going. But we haven't mentioned it, but he does say that his when Sam remembers that he's from a farm and his family, he remembers his dad died in the seventies sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to speak to his dad again, even though he has to kind of pose as a, a distant relative on the phone, because he can't say Sam, because as we see, as the phone call ends, we see a young Sam come around the corner, who is also the same actor that plays Sam later on, which we'll talk about when we get there. Um, but he's even got Scott Bakula's voice over the kid's voice, which I didn't realize before. So it's not actually the lad's, the actor's voice. The little, the lad that's playing a young yeah, Sam okay. is actually Scott Bakula's voice over the top. I didn't realise that <laughs> um, until this episode. Watch through. Um, it's a got nice heart wrenching. You know, Sam's kind of in tears and stuff. He got to speak to his dad again for the first time in probably God knows how long, even for Sam to remember. So it's a nice yeah, it's moment. Really, really emotional, isn't it? Because it obviously, is, like, yeah. as you said, Benny, his dad's been dead since the seventies. Early on in the episode, he's trying to remember where he's like, oh, I'm in 19, what was it, 1956. Yes, I could yeah. speak to my dad and he can't remember his own name and he's getting frustrated. He and then obviously Sam gives and... up his last name very naughtily and he gets to call his dad. And it's really, really emotional. And it's it's one of the first moments where you see, I think, the relationship between Al and Sam, the strength of it. Because Sam's obviously done something there that he's told very strictly he's not allowed to do. Yeah, but he's done it for the right reasons. It's the wrong actions, in theory, when you look at the rules of Project Quantum Leap. But he's done the right thing morally, potentially. Yeah, I mean, the even like when Sam comes out, I mean, it just proves as well. I mean, Scott Bakula is probably one of my favorite actors anyway. But like the tears and you feel it when you watch it. Oh, if you yeah. don't, if if you're not into it, you're not going to be into it. But if you're into it, the story and the whole premise of the show and Sam, you can. I can imagine people that have lost loved ones, whether it be fathers or not, feeling that, being able to speak to them again one more time. You know, I I mean, it's getting, uh, I feel myself getting emotional even talking about it weirdly. It's kind of what this show does to you. Um, Imagine talking to your relative for the first time in 20 something years and being able to tell them that you, he kind of says, I love you, dad, but under his breath, doesn't he? Because he can't say that to him because he's, as far as his father's concerned, his son's in the next room. So this is time travel, obviously. <laughs> but what a little thing I liked, again, I picked up on today, was when Sam comes out, he's obviously been crying. He kind of wipes himself down. He's ready to get into this baseball game. He says, thanks, Al. And Al kind of has this look on his face, like, you're welcome, but 
acts kind of the tough. He's like, I'll oh, just just go, go fly out. He just doesn't. He kind of yeah. tries to dismiss it, but like you can tell that Al, he may not be morally right most most of the time, but when it comes to his friend, obviously they were good. What Sam doesn't realize at this point is that Al and Sam are actually really good friends, but he doesn't know that to Sam. This is a yeah. he remembers him vaguely, but this is like a new relationship for Sam. But for Al, he's known Sam for many years at this point, working on his project together. So. It's almost like I suppose, like waking up from a coma and trying to reconnect with people. I guess to a degree. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I think with Al, as we discover as the series goes on, he's also a really, really nice, genuinely good individual like Sam, but he's got, shall we say, certain vices. He of likes course, he likes yeah. to drink, and he especially likes the women. Um, but there's reasons <laughs> for those voices in his life that we sort of cover in later episodes. But with Al, especially, I think it's very much a case of um, his heart is always in the right place, but sometimes his head isn't. <laughs> yes, I, I think that's probably a fair way of um, fair way of saying it. Actually, to be honest, that's yeah. But more of that will become apparent as, as we go we along. Yeah, go through time. All right, okay. Um, Right, before we do... Oh, go on. Sorry, go on. No, you carry on. I was just going to say, because we're going to do an oh boy moment, your favourite part from that episode, but before we do that, can we do a couple of uh, tropes of some of the actors and what they've done? Because there's a few actors in the first episode, especially, not so much the baseball side, but in the um, opening, you know, Peggy Stratton and uh, Bill Burdog, there's some popular things they were in so i'm going to call it the trope bit is that if that's all right just yeah, so that you know you, what they did car- obviously this is something that there's certain actors actresses and so on going forward who i recognize and um, the next episode has got somebody quite prominent in that we'll discuss in a moment yeah, when so, we get to that yeah, yeah so um but yeah this is very much your wheelhouse benny so <laughs> yeah, it is a, indeed yeah no give problem. the hand link or what up get ziggy's info up and let's see what, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. we're told so, Right, so I mean, so Peggy Stratton was uh, Jennifer Run- Runyon. I think that's how you Runyon. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not really sure. Um, so she did this Quantum Leap. Obviously, she's in the first episode. She's only in the first episode in 1989. Um, now she's done quite a lot of things. To be totally honest, um, she was in the original. Uh, uh, she was Christine in. So I don't. I never watched it personally, but I know it's a popular show. Um, she was in uh, Beverly Hills at 90210. Back in oh, the really? day, she was I in that. that. Yeah, so she made an appearance in uh, Murder She Wrote as uh, a Rebecca her character. As I don't really know uh, who that was. Again, Quantum Leap she did in 1989. But the biggest one for me, she's done loads of stuff. So I'm not I'm not taking away from anything. But in terms of nerdy stuff, from my point of view, she was in Ghostbusters with. Um, she was in the scene with Bill Murray, who when he was doing the uh, reading the magic card, you know, the card to try and guess the psychics and stuff, and electrocuting the poor lad next to her. Uh, and he was yeah, hitting on her, yeah. basically. So that's she was in Ghostbusters, um, you know, the original. Um, there, are, I mean, there are like we said, we've already mentioned um, Weird Ernie, Bruce McGill, and stuff. Um, there's other actors and actresses in this as well, um, you know, that went on to do things. Um, one of the friends actually that was um, friends with Peggy. Uh, so Linda Cornell, uh, Sally, she played. She was the dark-haired one who was also pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yep. She did shows like Night Rider. Um, she was in Curb Your Enthusiasm in 2005. Do you know what? I've never seen that. No, I've never seen either. She was a bra saleswoman. So she's done, she's carried on going. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, she's done, like I said, Quantum Leap. She was in Full House, the original. 
She was Linda Mosley, apparently. Again, not a show that I've seen. She made an appearance as Jodie Joy in the A-Team in 1986 as well. So again... Gotta love the A-Team, mate. Gotta love the A-Team. <laughs> so an A-Team. I don't have an A-Team button, but I do have a Ziggy button. So that's all I've got <laughs> for this show. And then for the last one, because I won't go through everybody because we could be here for ages, but John Allen Nelson um, is basically... So he's Captain Bill Burdell, a.k.a. Bird Dog. As you, uh, yep. So Tom's best friend, as we mentioned earlier on. Uh, something I picked up straight away watching this. Now, he's done loads of stuff as well. Like he was in Baywatch. Um, he's done other stuff. Uh, this latest thing I can see, he did something in 20, uh, 2017, sorry. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, so there's a character in there somewhere. Um, he's been in NCIS as well. He was in Castle. Uh, but for me, uh, CSO Miami, he was in as well. Um, so he's been in quite a lot of different things. Grey's Anatomy, he's made an appearance. Um, he was in the 2008, I'm guessing it's a film, Knight Rider. I didn't know if they did redid that, yeah. to be totally honest. But, well, they, they remade the series, didn't they, as well? Oh, did they? I didn't see Maybe that. Maybe that's a reboot of the Yeah, ah, one or okay. the other. Um, so yeah, he made a, he actually made a couple of appearances in Baywatch, um, which random by the looks of it. And then he was in 24... Uh, I think the last like series of 24 apparently as well. So I don't know. But the one that got me was the um, the fact that he was in the pilot of um, Quantum Leap as uh, Burdell, Captain Burdell, you know, Captain, you know, Bird Dog. Yep. Um, uh, but he was also in the pilot of Friends uh, many years later. I think 94 that started. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, 94. Um, so um, he is actually the bloke that dates Monica in the very first episode who says he hasn't had a wife or hasn't had relationship or sexual relationships or relationship for about a couple of years since he split up with his wife and it turns out to be a line but it's the guy that monica dates in the first episode basically <laughs> so that's my tropes from uh, ziggy anyway so even so even in 1994 <laughs> in a different character he was still a bird dog he, is still giving uh, the line he was still ladies. a bird dog mate that's what he was doing so fantastic <laughs> stuff oh, oh, just to summarize the end of the episode then um so we need sam the... ultimately does Hits the home run for Tim Fox. And... Well, he doesn't hit it, does he? He misses the ball, but the the uh, um, the, uh, the catcher misses it, so it classes as oh, a, yeah, sorry, a live ball, yeah, doesn't it? So he makes the necessary play then. Shall yes, we say. but what I like um, about it is that most you as you watch it, you'll be like, oh, he's just going to hit a home run, isn't he? That's what's going to. But he doesn't do yeah. that. Doesn't happen. A series of events happen where the ball gets dropped. They try to throw it to first. It goes past the the base player, the baseman, or whatever, and then like so on and so forth, and he gets a home run, as you were saying. So. Um, I like this that it's is not where done there. you get a moment that I'm undecided upon. If I'm watching this on my own, I'm loving this because it's the slow motion running. There's da, a bit da, of music yeah, behind, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I'm, it's proper cheesy um, <laughs> action movie. I loved it, mate. I'm, 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 I'm going to hold my hands up. I loved it. It's cheesy, yeah. but I don't care. I loved it. If it I'm was watching brilliant. it on my own fantastic if i'm watching it with anyone else in the room they're looking at me like what is this shit <laughs> i don't care let them think it's shit that's up to them mate we enjoy it that's why I th- you're you're the kind of man's man like al i think and i think if we were doing this i think i would be sam and that's not because of an age thing i just think I that would be a cigar to be fair <laughs> well there you go then maybe halloween mate when we're allowed to participate we can be uh <laughs> quantum leap going on Only- only, only if it's one of the leaps where he leaps into a woman, just so you got to wear a dress. Oh, why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. Oh, uh, so, so would that be so the, him doing that run? Is that your oh boy moment? So the so Kaka is obviously something we don't necessarily like, and oh boy is something we love. So would that yeah. be your? Well, it's it's, it's something we're going to look at each episode, isn't it? We're going to pick yeah. out a a moment we're not fond of and a moment we are fond of. Um, my 
moment I am not fond of, um, if I'm perfectly honest, yeah. is something, again, that's a little bit subtle early on in the <clears> episode <throat> when they're talking about the boys club atmosphere of the pilots and so on. Um, and, and Sam is saying, I can't remember how to fly. And he's obviously panicked like hell. Yes, he's obviously yeah. really stressed. And you can see he's worried. And, and it, it's obvious he's not. He obviously is very panicked because he's he's in this and he's telling everybody and everyone's just like, oh, you're such a prankster. Now, if that was really somebody who you cared about and they were that genuinely concerned, you'd at least take them to one side and be like, you're right. What's going on? Are you OK, but they're all like, oh, he's such a joker that 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 kind of took me at the moment a little bit. So that's probably my my, my caca moment for the week. Went a little caca. Okay, so that's yours then. So, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you have that. I mean, in, in counter, I mean, in caca moment for me, I love the episode. Yes, as a pilot, it could be a bit better, I guess, but I think it explains itself really well for a pilot. Mm. It doesn't deviate too much when it comes to later episodes either, so it kind of sticks with its own, because some pilots do, like, they'll say something over here, but then later, about five episodes down the line, it contradicts it to, like, set it straight. Um, so it doesn't vary too much off. Um, I don't think there's really a caca moment for me in this episode, mate, to be honest, if I'm completely honest, okay. which I'm quite surprised about. I thought there would have been. I mean, I, I, I mean, I could sit here and go, oh, yeah, the stock footage I use, but we've already covered that already, and mm. I'm still fine with it to a degree. Yes, you can tell, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. You know, I love the show, love the story. Um, so I'll go, oh, boy, then. My oh, boy moment. Um, I know we're trying to do one of each normally, but... Um, one each. <laughs> I haven't got one. I haven't got a caca moment. So I suppose that's. Mate, if, if you can find, if you can find no fault in it, then that's a good thing. Yeah, of course. So, but my oh boy moment on the counter side. Of that so you've mentioned it's quite good actually. Is I mean the 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 conversation as I've already mentioned. I you know it's very emotional when he talks with his dad um, on the phone. That's a really mm, good moment. Yeah. But um, the moment where you said they're being jokers oh he's such a joker when he can't fly the bit in the plane where bird dog leaves him to fly the plane by himself and then the plane starts turning and you can just see Sam going what all this kind of stuff <laughs> um it's funny and i liked it and i enjoyed it, it was playful it didn't go to, it, it could have gone completely wrong but the moment when bird dog comes and sits down and obviously covering for his best mate and he, there's a look on his face like what is actually going on with him, you know? And there's another moment as well where he's playing baseball with his son and the plane comes, flies along and does that flip and everything. And the boy asks Sam, like, oh, what's what's that called? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then Bird Dog looks at him again and he's like, what the heck? But the bit where he, so what I'm getting at, is a bit in the plane where he covers for Sam and says there was a hiccup in the hydraulics. And there's this look on his yeah. face like, what is going on? So I'm going to say that I like that moment of him kind of sticking up for his mate, really, I guess. I mean, there's quite a few in this I could have chose. I mean, but I think for me, just on the polar opposite of what you've just said, I think, yes, there's those Joker moments, but um, I think Bird Dog ultimately will be there for his mate, you know? So I think that's going to be my oh boy moment. Oh boy. So there yeah, you go. Fair enough, yeah, fair enough, fair uh, enough. My oh boy is something we've actually already touched upon, so it's going to be very quick to summarise. Cool. I bloody loved and got a massive kick out of the whole al appearing in places and sam not knowing he was a hologram he was dancing at the jukebox he's in the office <laughs> yes, part of the meeting. Yes. Oh, uh, i want to change my now <laughs> uh-huh. uh, me, me me trying to explain it doesn't give it justice it's really subtle little bits of humor that when people go back and watch the episode which i hope everyone will do i hope everyone is going to watch along with yeah. us um 
yeah i really do hope people do that because then they can interact on our social medias that will come to shortly uh, and and give us feedback on their and their oh boys and their caca moments and so on um but yeah my my oh boy for this week and and for genesis is al appearing in places not knowing he's a hologram that silly little dances and just the usual confusion with <laughs> with al being there but not if that makes sense oh boy yeah i go i agree actually the bit where where sam makes him walk around the plane the wing of the plane because he doesn't want to keep seeing him go through things is you know so <laughs> yeah. yeah there's stuff like that so i agree i was gonna get a double oh boy actually oh boy i've actually done two old boys in the first ever episode um nice. so yeah i don't think that's quite i said i think that says something doesn't it really actually I didn't. I, think I, so. I thought there was going to be some caca moments from me, but I can't really. There's nothing in there that really makes me go, for God's sake, you know, or for goodness sake, or why, you know. Nothing really, really makes me want to. Um, I mean, even the funny moments you said about Al, even the bit where Sam's tried to shave his face and he's made a mess of it and he's got <laughs> my facially wounded friend here is Captain, you know, you know, <laughs> so, little com- So it's it has its serious side, but it's got its. C- comedic relief as well so it's good yeah definitely and and when you're listening to the show uh, let us know if you agree with our oh boy moments let us know if you agree with our caca moments the oh boy being a good one the caca being not so much yep. uh, give us your own uh, let us know why you agree disagree what you liked about the episode what you disliked um and when it comes to liking and disliking benny we are going to rate each episode personally out of five yep okay uh, um as we come to the end of our recording here, do you want to go first, my friend? I think, you know, the fact that I haven't given it a caca is pretty, um, it's pretty good. The story is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, as I said, I've already said twice, um, the sh- for a pilot, it explains itself well, even with subtle, and you don't even realize it. You just kind of go in your head, in your head, you go, Oh, okay. That's how that works. Or, Oh, he can't see that person. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm actually going to go with, I'm going to go a 4.5 out of 5, I think, if we're allowed to do decimals. Um, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I think for, and and not, and I'm also giving a little bit of props to maybe later episodes of the fact that for a pilot, it doesn't, you know, veer off too far from its original premise. It doesn't change the rules all of a sudden, you know, it adds to them, but it doesn't go like, oh, actually that wasn't a thing. Actually, I don't know how that happened. We'll just, we'll write past that, you know, um, so it sticks pretty well. So I'm gonna go four. I'm not gonna say it's perfect, but a four point five out of five, I think, is a pretty, pretty good score for the for the pilot, really. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm gonna go slightly lower. I'm gonna go with a four, <gasps> but I think a a four out of five is is very very good. I just think that there is. I watched it back, and it's it's ninety minutes of television, and I think <laughs> that it maybe necessary didn't need the full ninety minutes because there were certain moments that. Where I think there are certain moments that you could cut it down. Could, I see. I, I know you what could you have mean. Cut a few yeah. minutes. Yeah, you could okay. have shaved a few minutes here and there. And but I mean, that's just very much me being quite nitpicky about the situation. It's quantum leap. I bloody love it. The nostalgia re- factor is fantastic for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I am at with that. I just throw in a very quickly. You got to remember this Genesis episode would have been shown in two parts as well. So on the DVD, when you do watch it, it's a, essentially like a short film, an hour and a half ish. Um, film, isn't it really? Um, to mm-hmm. put in, to put, it's put together, um, which is probably, but they aired it, actually aired it in two parts. So on the same night, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, what, what I've read, it was on the same night. So, there, but there was enough time to sort of have a break, I think, from it. Maybe not too much. I probably would have aired it part one and then part two the next night, maybe, or the next week. However, you know, TV works over there, <laughs> and obviously, mm. 
But so, yeah, no, I can understand where you can... Maybe the odd thing here and there could have been the odd shot. But then, again, I've given it 4.5. I don't necessarily agree with that, but, you know, it's your opinion. (laughs) Uh, Okie doke, then. That's all Um, the information on that one, isn't it? (laughs) before uh, Before we get to our social medias for everyone to jump on and follow we'll quickly give have a look at what we're doing next week um next episode next leap we are going to starcrossed which is episode number three of season one um if you are watching along seek that one out in time for our next episode yeah um any brief memories of that episode benny um i don't want to give too much away but uh definitely um there's a bit more cringe in this one, I would say, especially at the beginning uh, <laughs> going mm-hmm. on. Um, again, again, I don't want to give too much away. I'm going to say a bit. There's a bit of cringe coming. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think next week we will have a caca moment from yourself. <laughs> you are probably going to have more than one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Starcrossed is coming up next. Um, so we get these social medias out there, get Ziggy fired up, get these social medias done. Let's do it. All right then. So you want to? Right, so if you want to follow the show, we got we're we're a few places. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can search uh, Waiting Room Pod on Facebook, and you can also find us on Instagram, where we share some pictures and uh, some quotes, maybe, and some random stuff. I'm sure going forward, uh, the Waiting Room Pod underscore. Yeah, uh, the show's Twitter account is very similar. You can find us at Waiting Room Pod underscore. Don't forget the underscore. Obviously, very, very important because some git has Waiting Solid. Room Pod with no underscore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the feeling when I put the, th- the name of the Waiting Room forward, which is great, that when you try and make a social media's Waiting Room, I feel like it could be like a uh, culinary school or something or uh, uh, somewhere where butlers train, maybe. I don't know. Um. <laughs> which is nowhere near as important as traveling through time. Exactly. Things that once went wrong. Benny, I have had an absolute blast, mate. This has been brilliant. I'm really looking forward to this journey going back through television and time. Um, can you let everybody know where they can find you personally online, my friend? Uh, you can find me personally at Benny Mac, B-E-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K on Twitter. Okay, uh, you can find me, Sai, at SJP Words on Twitter. And again, seek out the show at Waiting Room Pod underscore on Twitter, Instagram, and search on Facebook for Waiting Room Pod also. Um, that is us done for this week. Benny, I will see you very soon, my friend. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's time to leap. We're going to go. You'll join us next time on uh, for Starcrossed, and we're come, come and join us once again in the waiting room. Time to leap outside. Coming up next time on The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. Cream soda. <laughs> nice. You, you like cream soda? Yeah. You're, you're, you're a delinquent as far as I'm concerned. I love cream soda, mate, but it's got to be the cheap one pound shit. The good stuff's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense in itself. Cream soda's rank. I don't know. It's like, it's not lemonade. Flavor, isn't it? That's what it is. Uh, no, I d- See, now I like vanilla, but I don't like cream soda. It's rank. Well, then you're the f***ing delinquent idiot. <laughs> <laughs>